Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 13 Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon. I'm joined, as always, by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, I... Uh, I know we're kind of trying to still get over the Monday night massacre that was the C- betting on the Seattle Seahawks. The Monday night massacre. How about the week 12 massacre? I just <laughs> got my ass handed to me. I'm happy that week is over. Um, bad weeks happen, but you know, that was by far the worst week of the season for me, possibly my entire career. So onward and upward, we can't control the past. Uh, so I'm controlling the future. Gonna bounce back this week. I typically follow up like my really bad weeks with really good weeks. So always have to stay positive, stick with the process. Bad runs happen, but yeah, happy week twelve is over. How was week twelve for you? Uh, it was middling. Um, yeah. I I had a losing record as well. Um, not quite over, but uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I would have liked Seattle to cover last night. Uh, yeah. DFS was pretty good though. That, that's yeah. been more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. You know, you're, you know, betting is obviously, you know, 55, 45 proposition, even if you're good, but yeah. um, DFS has been pretty consistent, uh, especially in cash games and been, and also just identifying, you know, which, which receivers to play uh, in tournaments. So um, that's been good. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about on this pod. So, and uh, by the way, congrats, you beat me in our action network <laughs> league to, to bring my record to 10 and two. Uh, you killed me. So uh, just adding insult to injury. Yeah, I, in two weeks, I've also beat you in the top prop week if you still oh, pay yeah. attention to that one. Shout, <laughs> out, shout out to Matthew Friedman. <laughs> yeah, I think I have like CMC. Yeah, we're not allowed to drop ads in that league. So I'm like playing guys that are on buy and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the league I'm paying attention to, you, you absolutely destroyed me. Yeah, I told you I'm coming, man. You, you you're going to give me a, you're going to make me the underdog last week. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Thursday night showdown. Then we'll get into the main slate and we'll build lineups. We'll do all that good stuff. Uh, and let's start with two teams that we saw last Thursday. We're seeing them again this Thursday. The Dallas Cowboys going to New Orleans to face the Saints. And a few interesting things of note for this game. Number one, pay attention to the news if you're playing this slate. Uh, Dallas has had some COVID issues with their coaching staff. Uh, and uh, Amari Cooper, obviously, you know, he may not be back. It's reported now as we record this Ooh. on Tuesday. So he's not feeling well. Uh, I believe Mike McCarthy uh, is going to miss this game as well. So it's kind of a situation where uh, we could see more news trickle in, you know, leading up to kickoff and, and guys could be ruled out. And then for New Orleans, 
Taysom Hill reportedly taking the first team reps at quarterback, which probably long overdue at this point. I know they've had, you know, a couple of short weeks in there. And so it's been tough, but uh, probably a change we're going to see, uh, even though Sean Payton has been non-committal, but that seems more like gamesmanship. So we probably are going to get Taysom Hill, hopefully against Dak Prescott and, uh, you know, a Cowboys offense that's uh, stacked except for Amari Cooper, who looks like at this point is going to miss the game. So Sean, given all of that, uh, I guess, carnage or just like upheaval, uh, who do you like in the captain spot uh, for this slate? Uh, I think it's got to be Taysom Hill. Um, just because, all, you know, all the things you mentioned, I think uh, Sean Payton's being coy right now. Uh, we'll, we'll know by Thursday if he's starting or not. But I think if he starts, you know, with with all the um, turmoil, the Cowboys coaching staff, we don't know who's going to be able to coach uh, come Thursday. That's a really tough um, task, you know, trying to game plan against a quarterback like Taysom Hill on a short week. Um, so I think he just goes wild here. Uh, and, you know, he's he's one of those quarterbacks like, you know, Cam Newton last year where, you know, he kind of sabotages all the touchdown production. So, you know, he'll he'll likely be involved with any passing touchdown. And, you know, his rushing upside, especially near the goal, I mean, he, he might be the favorite for, you know, the, the rushing touchdown. So I just think he's going to be uh, the guy here and love using him as a captain because I don't know who you stack him with. Um, but um, but on the Cowboys side, like you said, if, if Cooper's out, um, I think a guy like Michael Gallup might be sneaky in the captain slot. Obviously, C.D. Lamb would be as well, but uh, there, there's going to be some, some options there. Uh, if Cooper's out, um, just the, the Cowboys have a ton of weapons, so it's it's harder to narrow down one. But uh, I, I'm just going to make it easy. I mean, it's about time we get a Taysom Hill game, so I'm probably going to go heavy Taysom Hill in my captain slot. Yeah, it's Hill for me on the New Orleans side. Um, you know, if he plays, he's a top ten quarterback in my rankings. If he mm-hmm. starts, so um, and that's just off the rushing ability, and and you know the Saints are probably going to to go run heavy because they're their receiving game is just as big of a mess as their quarterback situation in, in truth. And on the Cowboys, I, I totally agree with that Gallup call because I think CD lamb, if Cooper's out uh, new Orleans, they're going to game plan to stop lamb. Uh, you have Marshawn Lattimore who you can kind of stick on him and Gallup this year has just been killing man coverage, which the saints like to play a lot of uh, he's averaging 3.3 yards per route against man coverage. That is the most on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and last year, Gallup and Lamb's uh, yards per route run against man coverage was pretty equal. So, um, you know, there wasn't a, a huge discrepancy there when facing man coverage. And that's because Gallup, obviously, is going to get more single coverage. So uh, I, I really do like that Gallup call. I think, you know, go a little lighter on the running backs in this one, just because the Saints have such a good run defense, um, you know, in, in terms of stopping running backs on, on handoffs. So, and Zeke's a little banged up too. So it's going to be closer to, a 50 50 split between him and Pollard. Like I had, I think I have Zeke RB 20 and Pollard RB 26 this week. So I'm not expecting Zeke to, you know, really control this backfield as he manages that injury. All right. Uh, all right. How about DFS cheat codes? What do you like a little further down the board? Yeah. So I, I already mentioned him, but Michael Gallup, I think is the cheat code uh, for this slate. Uh, you already mentioned it, but you know, he, he tends to do a lot better against man coverage. Saints play man coverage at, you know, the second highest rate. Um, and like you said, Lattimore is probably on lamb. So this is a blow up spot uh, for Gallup, especially if uh, Cooper's out. It sounds like Cedric Wilson might be out as well. So, yeah. you know, Gallup should run her out over 90% of the time uh, with, you know, arguably the best matchup on the field almost every play. So love him. 
Um, despite the tough matchup, I do think Tony Pollard's a sneaky play. Uh, he almost came through for me on that Thanksgiving slate. I think he, he was real down on the one, and then uh, Zeke got a one-yard touchdown, but he almost had a massive game. So even if Zeke plays, you know, they probably will limit him. Uh, Pollard's the kind of back. He doesn't need that many touches to go off, so just a couple more touches uh, could be huge here. And if Zeke, you know, if he suffers an in-game setback and they rest him the rest of the game, you know, Pollard could go off here. So I, I like Pollard's upside. And then on the Saints side, I think even if Mar- uh, Alvin Kamara suits up, Mark Ingram's sneaky as well. Um, you know, we, we saw last year when Taysom Hill was under center, uh, Latavius Murray was pretty productive, and that was when Alvin Kamara was uh, active as well. I think defenses have had a hard time um, scheming up, you know, Taysom Hill and, you know, a uh, north-south runner like Latavius Murray or Mark Ingram. Um, so I think it helps open up holes when Taysom Hill is in there. So Ingram, um, he, you know, if – Kamara's limited at all. Ingram has, uh, you know, RB2 kind of upside. So a slate like this, I think Mark Ingram could end up being a cheat code as well. Yeah, I like Ingram. And he's he seems to be the healthier of the two. I think he was uh, – I think Kamara was limited. I think Ingram was a full go uh, in practice. So – or at least in that in the walkthrough estimation, uh, whatever, however you want to uh, kind of define that. But, uh, yeah, like those guys. I think if you're looking at the Saints guys – you know, you might, you know, Taysom Hill, you might have to stack him with at least one player to win a tournament. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, the, who is that, though? Do yeah, you have any so, idea? Yeah. I, so, so I like Traquan Smith. Uh, yeah. He's been running around about 90% of the dropbacks uh, over the last four weeks. Um, so he's kind of taken over that number one receiver role from Marquez Callaway. And, and Traquan Smith also is, is a guy that does put pretty well against man coverage. And uh, the Cowboys play that. Uh, at one of the higher rates in the league. And then Juwan Johnson, I know you're kind of off of him after he didn't come through for you. Didn't Nick Vanette actually score a touchdown in that game? Yes. Yeah. So I think Juwan um, Johnson watched yeah. him score the touchdown five feet away. It was so close. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, listen, you're never going to be able to yeah. fully project these Saints guys, but it makes the showdown slate pretty fun, in my opinion. Uh, but I think Juwan Johnson is a guy you go back to because when you look at the routes run uh, last week in that, Saints and and Bill's game, Juwan Johnson led the tight ends. Nick Vanette's touchdown was pretty fluky there because Juwan Johnson had uh, 18 routes run. Nick Vanette had only five routes run. And then Garrett Griffin, the third tight end, had only three. So, uh, and Johnson's another guy pretty good against man coverage. So Smith and Johnson are like uh, two of the Saints' top receivers in yards per route run uh, against man coverage. So, I think Juwan Johnson is a sneaky play here, and he's pretty he's pretty cheap. So if, he, if he's the only Saints receiver you stack with Taysom Hill, and it's a run heavy game plan, but maybe you know they he gets a touchdown in the red zone throwing mm-hmm. and like two rushing, uh, that could be a slate breaker. So uh, like Juwan Johnson here. All right, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for our Thursday night showdown breakdown. Cowboys Saints again. Make sure you follow and keep up to date with the news. You can check uh, fantasylabs.com. Uh, or actionnetwork.com will have you know stuff on it as it comes out. But uh, let's get into the main slate. Let's start with quarterback. John, who are your top five quarterbacks in fantasy uh, headed into week 13? So right now I got uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and right now I have Kyler Murray, uh, number five. But we'll have to monitor uh, his injury updates throughout the week. Uh, but right now I have Murray, number five. Oh, I like this. We have a pretty different top five. This nice. Week. This should be interesting. So I have Tom Brady, number one. 
nice. because I mean, how can you not? No argument here. Trust me. At this point, like I, I feel like this is one where you might you might be meeting me here. I don't know. By the end of the week, you, I don't okay. know how you four. But all right, uh, Lamar Jackson number two. Now that he may actually go down. I mean, those four picks. Gee, or what is it? Three picks? Three four? Four. Picks? Four. four. Yeah. I yep. mean, Jesus. Uh, but. <laughs> But uh, Patrick Mahomes is third, so we're, we're, we're in agreement there on Jackson Mahomes 2-3. But then I have Matthew Stafford fourth uh, against that Jags defense, and then Justin Herbert fifth uh, against that Bengals defense in what should be a high-scoring game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think Herbert is more so just it's, it's, it's a total above 50, should be a shootout. And Stafford is just, I mean, the Jags kind of have a pass-funnel defense because they're pretty good in run in run defense. You know, I know, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor will run all over them, but – um, I still think Matthew Stafford's uh, uh, can kind of torch a weak defense here. And then the Rams really got to get back on track. And Daryl Henderson's banged up too. So uh, mm. I think you see a pass heavy game plan from, from the Rams in a spot. All right. Uh, who do you like? Who are you like as some DFS cheat codes, top plays, values, guys are higher on than the consensus at quarterback? Uh, so you, you mentioned him. He's in your top five, but I think Justin Herbert uh, against the Bengals at 6,700. Uh, that, that's hard to pass up. And I know, um, he had a rough, uh, you know, real game last week. But for fantasy, he was still productive. He still threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, um, ran for 36 yards. So that's two games in a row now. He's put up some solid rushing stats. So I think people are going to be off him. But, you know, he's one of those guys that's matchup proof. I think he'll bounce back. Um, so I like him. I- I'm with you. I think this game's going to be sneaky, high scoring. So I like stacking it. Uh, so I like Herbert and those, you know, 7K type of guys. Uh, and then further down, I, I still like Tyler Heineke at 5,600. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel is pretty limited, but Logan Thomas is back. Um, so I think that, that helps boost his upside in the passing game. And then he has that obvious rushing upside. Didn't really see it much last night, but, um, you know, he could blow up with a big uh, dual threat kind of game here. So I like him at 5,600. And then we'll have to see with Justin Fields if he suits up this week. But at, at 5K... Uh, you know, I, I'm a bit worried that he might not see that that rushing upside we've seen lately from him um, as they try to probably protect his ribs this week. But still at 5K, you can't deny his upside. So uh, I might have a couple shares of fields at 5K if he does suit up this week. And despite the, the tougher matchup against the Cardinals. But um, yeah, this is a week where I think you, I'm probably going to spend up and get a lot of Justin Herbert. Yeah, for me, it's it's Tom Brady. I mean, he's not the most expensive quarterback. I think he should be. Uh, so going against this Falcons defense that, yeah. I mean, it's just bad. It's really bad. It's it's 29th in pass defense DVOA. Um, you know, you're just going to see, it's just going to be easy, complete. No pressure for Tom Brady. I mean, this is just a perfect matchup uh, for him. So love him there. And then I like, I do like Heineke. Let's, uh, let's go to the prop at quarterback. Uh, so let's go with Russell Wilson and uh, projecting his passing yards this week. Uh, we all got to see him last night. I don't know if we could blame it all on the finger at this point. He made some pretty bad decisions. Uh, he ignored DK Metcalf for pretty much the entire game. And one play, he was wide open, uh, ignored him. So what's going on there and where are you projecting him? I have him right now at uh, 245 and a half passing yards against the Niners. Let's see. I have Russ at... Closer to 260, um, obviously still factoring in his full season uh, production. You know, he's still been pretty efficient on the season. Uh, you know, I really don't know what's going on. It's hard to say, like, okay, he just fell off a cliff. I don't know. He almost seems like when he had that time off, he smoked weed for the first time. 
And uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, he's like, it's like a little slow. It's a little, the decisions are a little off, but it's not like, it's like he's there, but he's not there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to play sports high, but like, <laughs> that's what Russell Wilson looks like, like. Wow. To me. I mean, I'm, I, I yeah. doubt he does. Cause he, but it wouldn't surprise me because he's never had time off. He's missed. He's True. missed. He's never missed games at like any level. And he, he, he like, you know, he's with Sierra. Pain, so pain he's probably, yeah, right, pain yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's what, it, I don't know. That's mm. what it seems like to me. He just looks like he's playing quarterback high out there and it's kind of, it's kind of fucking up the whole thing. And then <laughs> it's like when he gets in the, in the two minute drill, then he has to finally speed himself up and it's like a little better, but it's like, wow. So those, so those three or four throws where he threw it like 30 feet over the receiver's head, that wasn't his pinky. That was just. Yeah. Like it's like when the edible sets in and you're just like, Oh no. <laughs> like, oh, so you're yeah. saying he was playing high. Holy yeah, shit. What, I mean, a, what an accusation. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, is it, are we still well, doing it? Josh Gordon's back in the week. We can, we can do that now. Like, <laughs> it beats fine. my theory of just not knowing what the hell's going on. So I guess <laughs> you got at least some motive. Um, Cause it, it looked, yeah, it was beyond, you know, a finger issue. He was just yeah. making weird mistakes that, that aren't characteristic, that aren't characteristic of russ wilson so yeah it's something's up don't know I mean, what it, it is it's it's got it's also schematic like it's something with yeah. the scheme because i talked about that even you know heading into the game in my breakdown i you know looking at the the way they're playing on third downs because they're still really good on first and second down throwing the ball but on third down their number two target was freddie swain and like he was getting and even yesterday it was like swain you know obviously he was open for the touchdown and then but then he like forces one into him on the two-point conversion that gets that was it's like, bizarre why yeah. is freddie swain like it's almost like the uh like the kirk cousins issues from like years past where it was like stop like taking what the defense gives you and just throw to your best guys like what are you yeah, doing wilson didn't even see that defender that picked off yeah. that two-point conversion so maybe you're right i'm gonna think about that for a minute um but yeah so what and he was like campaigning to get odell beckham yeah. So what? He's gonna ignore Beckham and Metcalf. How how's that gonna go? I just it's it's, it's rough to see, and I, I hate that we were both on Seattle last night. That'll be uh, the last time I bet on Russ for for a while until you know I can prove your theory wrong. But um, yeah, it was just bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be schematic too. I mean, I, I mean, Walt, like because remember, Schottenheimer was willing to let Russ cook, and and they opened mm-hmm. it up, and then he got fired, even though Russ started on like a torrid stretch last year. And it, he was fired for philosoph- philosophical differences. And then yeah. now it's like they, they can't do anything on third down. And, and Russ looks like hamstrung. And he, he lobbied for Schottenheimer. So Russ, is, it's almost like maybe he's like passive aggressively, you know, kind of going outside of the framework of the offense that Waldron mm. is calling. Because Pete Carroll's always kind of held them back. He always wants to run and they don't have a run. Game. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm sure there'll be a lot of deep dives into it yeah. so we'll we'll definitely get some good content off of it but uh <laughs> i yeah I, I think he's just high uh <laughs> at least i want to think that i have no sources let me just clear that up right there. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> all right let's go to running back uh who are your top five for week 13 so i got uh jonathan taylor obviously uh austin eckler joe mixon antonio gibson because i have jd mckissick out so gibson's my rb4 and Leonard Fournette running back five, but this is a fun week. There's a lot of top guys uh, out this week. So it's, it's kind of a mess behind uh, JT. What do you got? 
Yeah, it's another one. Uh, this could change, but I have, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, one. Joe Mixon, two. Nice. Austin Eckler, three. Uh, Alexander Madison, four. And Cordero Patterson, five. And I have <laughs> Jamal Williams, six. So, like, yeah, it's, oh, it's that week. kind of week. Yeah. <laughs> I have Fortnite seventh. Uh, he could move up to fifth, but Patterson, it's because of that dual threat ability. Uh, you know, he doesn't really get knocked down for facing the Bucks' run defense as much as, like, um, you know, a, a traditional running back would. Um, yeah. So that's why he's kind of up there. And he's getting more and more of the carries um, than he ever has now. So, yeah, love Patterson. We're going to keep riding him. But, uh, yeah, it's, it should be an interesting week. Um, you know, some like Madison has actually been priced up in yeah, he's, I saw that. Yeah, in DraftKings. So that that he's not going to necessarily be like one of those crazy value plays, but who do you like? Because there are a lot of value plays here and, and options. Uh, who do you like for your DFS cheat codes? Well, I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor's worth every penny, at, even at 9,200 against the Texans. Um, you know, I, I just think he's going to go off this week. He, he's usually a good bet against bad teams. So uh, he'll be highly rostered, but he's worth every penny. What do you uh, have for his yards per carry before we, before we go oh on? My God. I, you're going to uh, like mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in Nick Chubb territory, that's for sure. I think like 5.2. I have him uh, at I have him at 5.4. <laughs> he's 5.4. I have him projected for 21 carries for 115 yards. No, 5.5, 5.5, sorry. And he's and, and I have him for 1.13 touchdowns, which is also I almost never I don't think I've ever yeah, seen a back get more than a touchdown projection in my model. So this is, yeah, it's, it's, he's going to go. Yeah. Down. That's, that's like back in the day when I first started making projections and LaDainian and Tomlinson was in his prime. That's about the last time I had a projection that high, but I can't fault you there. Like those are probably too low to be honest. We're probably being too conservative. Um, so yeah, he's popping in my models. Uh, and then I, I already mentioned him, Antonio Gibson. Are you projecting JD McKissick to play right now? Like, do you just have him in there? I still uh, have him in there. I mean, I, yeah. I, I saw him go out on the cart, but it was like, it just looked like he got like a regular concussion. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, I think I, it's a neck injury, but come back to me when, if you do remove him from your model, just, I, I want to hear where you have Gibson after the update. Cause like I said, he's in my top five. So assuming McKissick is out this week, he'll be a free yeah. uh, play at 5,700. Um, his usage has been insane, but I mean, imagine if McKissick out, uh, we'll, we'll see games like last week or last night where, you know, 29 carries for 111 yards on the ground and seven catches for 35 yards. That's really the hidden upside with, with McKissick potentially being out is Gibson's, you know, he was a former receiver. So we know he can catch as a running back. So I'll be excited. You know, it sucks that McKissick might miss him time, but, you know, I'll be excited to see Gibson as a true workhorse back. So I want to have a ton of him this week if McKissick is ruled out. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned Daryl Henderson's kind of banged up. I think Sony Michelle, this is one of those weeks where he'd be sneaky, even if Henderson does play, just because this could be a blowout. Uh, Michelle's, uh, you know, 50, uh, 4,300. So might have some shares of him. But I do think this like 6K range is kind of the sweet spot this week. You got guys mm -hmm. like James Conner and Elijah Mitchell. They should have massive workload. So I like, you know, spending up at running back to kind of get these guys. Because like you said, guys like Alexander Madison, and uh, let me see who else. It just seems like some of these other yeah, guys Mixon's are priced, priced up. up to his right. Yeah, correct. Like, yeah, yeah, Mixon is correctly priced up. But, you know, it just opens up this door for guys like Connor and Mitchell. Um, just, they're in that sweet spot, sweet spot for me where you can, you know, spend up at receiver, save a little bit of money. But, um, yeah, there, there aren't too many cheap options at running back. So I'm probably spending up at running back this week.
Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the, I like all the guys you mentioned. Um, I'm not going to rehash it here. You did a good job of that. So I'll just, you know, mention Patterson again. I think especially yeah. in tournaments, people are going to be a little iffy about him because of the Bucks run defense. But um, at this point, he's just that focal point of that offense. He has t- 20 touch upside. Um, and, and we saw even a guy like Miles Gaskin put up a big game against the Bucks D. So, you know, it's, it's not impossible. Uh, but another guy that, you know, he may make it into my cash lineups um, if I don't go with a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Um, I think Connor will probably be and, and Gibson will probably be regardless. But um, Jamal Williams, you know, he's going to he's going to have the, the brunt of the workload for Detroit. So, you know, Detroit is going to want to run the ball against Minnesota. And Minnesota has been a run funnel defense in terms of their efficiency. They're 10th in DVOA against the pass, 29th against the run. So. Uh, you know, with Williams kind of not only inheriting, you know, I haven't projected for about two thirds of the carries, uh, but also two thirds of the routes run out of the backfield. And that's pretty valuable in Detroit where there's not really a lot of guys that are target hogs there. I mean, even TJ Hawkinson, you expect them to catch, you know, four or five balls, but that's about it there. Um, the receivers are all going to kind of be in that three to three catch range. So I think Williams could catch, you know, four or five passes himself. Uh, so really like him at 5,400. Uh, you know, with DeAndre Swift almost sure to miss this this week. And then David Montgomery, he's still too cheap. Uh, the Cardinals are another team that easier to run on than to pass on. They are number three in pass defense DVOA, but just 15th against the run. And Montgomery has been seeing pretty much all of the work in that backfield. You know, he Khalil Herbert, we thought maybe he was going to kind of be a, uh, a 1B or something like that to Montgomery after that good stretch. But Montgomery's just dominated the snaps, 85%, 95%, and 84% uh, are Montgomery's snap counts in the three games since he came back from injuries. So uh, like David Montgomery uh, here as well. Yeah, I love those calls, especially Jamal Williams. I mean, the Lions love running the ball even when they're losing. Um, so I'm not worried about a potential trailing game script. Uh, and like you said, Minnesota is a run funnel defense right now. They, they could get Dalvin Tomlinson back this week, but they're still missing three of their starting four uh, defensive linemen. So I uh, love the matchup as well. So yeah, Jamal Williams is probably one of the the better bets for like these cheaper guys this week. Yeah. And make sure to tune in to convince me uh, this Sunday <laughs> at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern eight Pacific for me to bet the lions. Oh, like no, I already have, I already have dibs <laughs> on it. First one into the uh, convince me doc gets it. But. I already bet it. <laughs> like it's, oh. it's already in the okay. app. It's already Damn in it. the app. It came through yesterday. Right. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't like. Uh, yeah, that that's just like that was like a clear, easy. Like yeah. the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, I got to jump on this. Um, all right, what are we doing for our profit running back? Uh, so I'm kind of forcing the issue here because uh, I want to do an Alvin Kamara receiving prop, the, the first Taysom Hill start of the season. Uh, granted, we don't even know if Alvin Kamara is playing, but I want to do this anyway. So where are you projecting Alvin Kamara's receiving yards, assuming he plays? Um, I have the, the over-under set at 28 and a half. Uh, I have about 25. So, you know, it's mm. like I have the mean at 29. The at, I mean, yeah, the median at about 25 and the mean at 29. So like it, it's just really kind of tough to know not only with Taysom, like, cause again, I still think that was a small sample size. Yeah. Uh, I think they were using him as a decoy. I don't even know if they have that luxury because that they had Michael Thomas from those games, I believe. Yep. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. So now they don't even have that. So I don't know if they have that luxury. They had Emmanuel Sanders too. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So I don't know if they have the luxury of using Kamara as a decoy, but also again, he's the less healthy of the two between him and Ingram. So I'm kind of not giving him his full, full workload. And then he was already seeing a little bit less of a workload, you know, with Ingram there versus with just Tony Jones and Ty Montgomery and Dwayne Washington backing him up. So uh, all things considered, yeah, I don't know if we can expect like a huge monster uh, receiving game from Kamara in this spot. If we see it, great, but I I just don't think we can project it uh, as of now. How many uh, passing yards are you projecting Taysom Hill for? That's a good question. That's probably the better prop, but had to force one at running back. So uh, I'm at 180 right now. (laughs) I have no idea like where I'm going to end up, but that's my starting point. Oh, I have him at about, yeah, I have him about 170. So, okay. Yeah. Dallas defense pretty tough. So it yeah. knocks like 180 is probably his baseline, but Dallas defense knocks him down a little bit. So, yeah. So he, uh, so this time last year, he had Michael Thomas, Neil Sanders, and even Jared Cook at tight end is an upgrade for, you know, what they have right now. So just the, the lack of, you know, weapons on offense should be a run heavy game plan. It's, it's hard to project them anything more than like 180. So, Glad you're there with me. Yeah, it should be a should be an ugly game. I mean, that's the thing. I think Kamara Ingram they'll both see a lot of rushing attempts if we see yeah. with Taysom Hill plays. But uh, it will be one of those like Broncos games again where they just barely pass the ball. Uh, all right, let's go to receiver Sean. Who are your top five at receiver for week thirteen? So I have uh, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson. Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs. No Debo Samuel, unfortunately. It sucks that he's going to miss this week, but uh, yeah, that's that's my top five. Yeah. I mean, that at some point you figured he was going to get hurt. It's as much usage as he was getting. I know. Uh, and this this is about the time I'd be asking you, how many rushing attempts are you giving Debo Samuel? Um, it's It was out of control. So, man, it sucks that he's going to miss. He's he's fun to watch. And oh, you've, yeah. been call, you've been calling that for weeks now. So it sucks to see him miss some time. Yep, it's uh, pouring out for Devo for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, my top five, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, and Keenan Allen. So I have Diggs actually as like a, a, a borderline wide receiver one, two, um, going against the Patriots. Uh, they're top three in DVOA against number one receivers. They're top three in schedule adjusted yards allowed to number one receivers. So I, I just don't know if it's going to be like a, an above expectation game for, for anybody on that bill's pass game. So yeah, I have Deontay here um, kind of sneaking in. He's just been so consistent in week in week out. And he plays really well against uh, man coverage, which Baltimore likes to run uh, a ton. Yeah. I have uh Deontay number six. So he's right there. Yeah. I, I take your point with digs, but he keeps producing for me in my top five. So I'm going to stick with him. Yeah. Uh, where do you have Jamar chase though? Cause uh, this might be the first time he's not in your top five uh, for about an over a month. He's he's seen a bit of a dip lately. So just curious uh, where, where you moved him down. He's my wide receiver seven right now. Yeah, I have him nine. Uh, I think okay. I have Thielen has jumped ahead of him. Let me see who it was. Yeah, Thielen jumped ahead of him. Um, so, you know, it, with Chase, it's, I still got him running almost around in almost every drop back. But yeah, it's Cincinnati's play volume has been weird and Chase has had some He's put up touchdowns in most of the games where he hasn't had a lot of yards, so you can't really knock him too much. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he's still still in the top ten. But, yeah, let's get into our DFS cheat codes for receivers. Sean, who do you like? 
Uh, so T Higgins is still under six K. So going to have to go with him again at 5,800. Um, went off last week, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. His price went up $200. That's not enough. So sticking with him. Um, and he's uh, since week eight, he's averaged three more PPR points than Jamar Chase. So um, he's sort of been benefiting, I guess, from defenses uh, trying to slow down Jamar Chase. So sticking with my boy T Higgins here. Uh, and then, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, I, I feel bad because I, I had the under 55 and a half receiving yards last week and he just crushed it. Uh, so with Debo out, he's he's a no-brainer play at 5,600. Um, he's, he's you know, in full-on breakout mode at this point. He's the receiver that we remember from last year. He's my wide receiver 10 right now, so uh, I'm not going to overlook him this week. I'm going to jam him in at 5,600. Uh, and then I love LaVisca Chenault at 4,400. Um, you know, with, you know, Jamal Agnew out for the season, now Dan Arnold out. Um, I think Chenault's going to have to see a bunch of targets going forward. Uh, whether Urban Meyer likes it or not. And the Rams, you know, they've been um, pretty susceptible to receivers like Chenault. You know, Randall Cobb went off uh, four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown before he left the game due to an injury. So I think Chenault should eat up uh, underneath. Um, you know, he, he's done really well against the zone this year. So this is a great spot for him. Uh, so I love him at 4,400. And then last but not least, I, you know, I was talking about him as a great play for Thanksgiving, but Josh Reynolds still at 3,400. I think that's too cheap. He could be the the Lions' number one receiver right now and going forward. He already has a ton of chemistry with Jared Goff uh, from their days with the Rams. So he's running a route over 85% of the time right now. So love taking a, a flyer on him again this week after, you know, posting a nice three-catch, 70-yard touchdown game on Thanksgiving. So love Josh Reynolds at 3,400. It would have been nice if it was 69 yards, 70 yards. Oh, he was, yeah, good. one yard above nice, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Reynolds is inside my top 50 this week. He's at nice. uh, wide receiver 45. So, um, yeah, I like that. Like all of those guys. Uh, I, I, I actually, that's an interesting one. Well, we'll talk about him, I think, in a second because Ayuk is actually interesting. I have him much lower, uh, than you do. And I, I was surprised that I did have him that well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just because I knocked Jimmy Garoppolo's pass yards down. So, we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, as far as guys I like, Mentioned Deontay already. I think you've got to keep playing him in cash games. Uh, just double-digit points every week uh, for Deontay. And Pittsburgh has no choice but to just, I mean, throw. Their defense is just, like, now a problem all of a sudden. So, um, you know, it, it's just a week-in, week-out thing. He's their top receiver against uh, man coverage. Baltimore plays uh, man at a top-five rate. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, great game. Last week, uh, Renfro continues to, to play well. I think Deshaun Jackson opens things up for him now, you know, with, uh, you know, with uh, the deep threat. And we also have Darren Waller out. So Renfro is going to be that main target over the intermediate area. He might even pick up another target uh, or two. So love him. And then both Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson. I know Odell has that questionable tag, but McVay said he's going to play. It's just like a hit pointer or something. So I expect uh, Odell to play. And then Van Jefferson, both of those guys are were on the field more than Cooper Cup last week. They were both oh. ran a route uh, on above 95% of the, the dropbacks for Stafford last week. And now they get to Jaguars. So uh, both of these guys are in my top 25, Odell and Jefferson. So I have Cup, Jefferson, and Odell, all three in my top 25 uh, right now against the Jags. So love both of those guys as well. Yeah, I love the Jefferson call, especially, you know, Beckham. Misses. It looks like Ben Skoronek and even JJ Koski is questionable. So it could be just Cup 
and Van Jefferson. I think I'm going to jam in uh, Jefferson in our DK lineup. Yeah. Uh, sneak peek. But My, yeah, I love, love the Jefferson call. If, uh, I mean, I think Odell's going to play, but if he doesn't for some reason, you might get Landon Akers in three oh, wide God. receiver sets. I had to look him up last week when he got called up because I had yeah. no idea who he was, but just that, that, like I, a possibility. Now. I, I kind of I would prefer Odell to play banged up just to be a decoy for Van yeah. Jefferson, right? I think either way, Van Jefferson is the play this week. All right, uh, let's go to a prop. Uh, so you hinted, it, but it's uh, Brandon Ayuk receiving yards, and I'm curious why you're so low on him because I, I I thought I was pretty low on him last week. I've adjusted everything upwards, uh, but I have him at uh, 61 and a half. Receiving yards, even though I'm like you, I, I, I lower Jimmy G closer to like 220 passing yards, but I still have a lot of that going to IU. So are you uh, uh, higher or lower than 61 and a half? Uh, I'm lower. I'm at 55. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting because with Debo out of the lineup, it's like obviously Ayuk's, um, you know, it, it, he's the number one receiver and I haven't projected to run almost around in about 98% of the dropback. So, but his targets per route run this year is only 16%. Um, and so it's like, I kind of, obviously that goes up because he's competing with less, less guys around him. But I think that's, what's holding him back a little bit. Cause a guy mm-hmm. like George Kittle, um, you know, he's at 22%. So Kittle's really the guy that benefits more uh, in my model, um, mm-hmm. you know, from, from Debo going out, I have Kittle at 66 yards and I, you get 55. So um, you know, maybe I'll bump Ayuk up a little more because right now I have him as a borderline wide receiver too, um, which is it's just surprising. But yeah, um, that, that's kind of why it's just, you know, he's he hasn't really seen a ton of targets on a per route basis. And San Francisco's not throwing a lot. So there is some variance there. Um, yeah. Whereas like he could have a bad game if they just go run heavy uh, against Seattle, even if he is that number one receiver. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, I'm looking at the 16% figure right now too. And last week, you know, I'm, I'm factoring in his recent usage quite a bit. So I have it, you know, projected closer to 19 and a half percent targets per run. And I said that last week and he, you know, I was still showing 10 yards of value on his under um, and Chad was giving me crap, you know, cause he's been on fire. I said, I'm, pr- I'm factoring that in, uh, but apparently we're not factoring in enough. So I'm, I'm way off that 16% figure for the season. He had that slow start, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm weighing his past few games pretty heavily. So that's why I think, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking to bet anything over like, you know, 55. I think I would take the over there. Um, but I think, you know, he'll step up this week with uh, Debo out. Yeah, I might bump him up closer to 20. You know, Debo is at about 26. I uh, 16, maybe you kind of split the difference, give him about 20, 21% as the number yeah. one receiver. Um, but yeah, just wanted to get your opinion on that too. So that, that's interesting. All right, uh, let's go to tight end. John, who are your top five at tight end for week 13? Uh, so I have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, and then Gronk. Yep, I have uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Gronk, and then Pitts. Gronk has just been so good. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, again, I mean, I'm also very high on Brady, and I just, mm-hmm. Pitts is just, I, I guess it's because Atlanta's just, you know, it's Patterson, and but, it, you know, in terms of the guy's, lining up out wide because Pitts is kind of more like a wide receiver uh it's Pitts and it's it's she's just been kind of easy to take away especially in the red zone he hasn't done as much as as we would like um down down in the red zone he's what if he's the new Julio Jones like he just gets <laughs> like yards and no touchdowns well he kind of is the new Julio Jones right he's <laughs> the yeah. alpha receiver now 
so yeah, like I was going to ask you about that. His downslide. Uh, I mean, he's got big games coming. Yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, he's tricky to project. Cause I, I I'm probably a little too bullish on him, but I, I'm going to stick with it. So he's my tight end four. Yeah. Right now he has one touchdown on 75 targets. Brutal. 661 yards. So yes, that's Julio S. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the only reason Gronk has just been, I mean, yeah. every game, it seems like he's doing something. So, uh, all right. Who do you like for your DFS G-Codes? So, I mean, with Darren Waller doubtful this week, Foster Moreau's just a free square play at 2,700. I mean, the last time Waller was out was back in week seven and Moreau posted a six catch for six yard with a touchdown game. Um, you know, I'm projecting him closer to, you know, four catches, 45 yards, half a touchdown, but still at 2,700, he's a no-brainer play. I think he'll be pretty chalky. So if you want to pivot off him, that's probably uh, fine in tournaments. I think that's why it kind of makes sense probably to spend up to get Mark Andrews at 6K because um, he is far and away the number one tight end on the slate with Waller out. So he could be sneaky. You know, this is one of those slates. If everyone's on Moreau, you know, if you spend up for Andrews, you could have a pretty unique lineup compared to the rest of the field. So Andrews would be a good leverage play, I think, on this slate. And then Pat Fryermuth. Uh, sticking with him at 4,200 with Ebron out for the season, you know, Firemuth is going to be a uh, low end tight end one the rest of the way. The Ravens have struggled against tight ends. Um, they've allowed the third most PPR points to tight ends this year. So like Firemuth at 4,200, he's the kind of guy I'm just going to jam in every week. Now that Dan Arnold's gone, uh, I need somebody in that yeah. range. Uh, just uh, watch uh, watch for the 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 news on Firemuth because he entered the concussion oh, protocol. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's questionable for this. Got week. it. Good call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully he's able to return. Um, and then just last but not least, CJ Uzoma. Uh, this is one of those weeks where he's under the radar again. We we know he has blow up potential. So at 3,200, especially against the Chargers, who um, have been sort of a tight end funnel defense this season, uh, I'll, I'll have some Uzoma shares because he's he's due for a blow up game. Yeah, I like. Uh, I definitely like Boston Moreau. Yeah, he's absolutely going to be. I think the cash game, free square. Yeah. Uh, there are some options though, um, even in the middle of those studs, like I still like Gronk, you know, it, it's, yeah. uh, at, at 5,300 Dallas Goddard at, at 4,500, you know, he's running around at about 90% of the dropbacks and the jets are dead last in DVOA against tight end. So the only thing to monitor here is we may get Gardner Minshew in this game because Jalen hurts, uh, has an ankle issue. So, um, that is something to monitor. I don't know if it knocks. Uh, Goddard too much if Minshew's there. I mean, they're obviously going to go run heavy regardless, but I think Goddard's still the, one of the top two targets. He's still running a route uh, at a top two rate on the team along with Devontae Smith. So I think, um, yeah, and they might actually have more pass attempts with Minshew just because Hurts, yeah. um, you know, he's going to scramble a bit even when they do drop back to pass. So um, yeah, like Goddard a lot there. I, I think that's a great price for him. He's uh, He's borderline top five. Like he almost, if I just like, flip like one ticker or on my model got her, goes above Kyle Pitts this week. So um like wow. him a lot. And then Tyler Higby, uh, 3,800. Uh, again, I just think <laughs> like this, you, you got to target this Jags uh, pass defense with the Rams. They're pissed off. They're coming off a bunch of losses and running back is banged up. Uh, th- this is a run funnel, uh, pass funnel defense, excuse me. So uh, I like Higby who's running another guy running a route on pretty much every snap, you know, cause tight ends usually, struggle to get into that 90% range simply because they're going to block on about, you know, 15% of the pass snaps. Uh, maybe it's a play action or, or a third down or something like that. But Tyler Higby, 
you know, these last uh, three games, 96%, 96%, 93%. Uh, in terms of the routes run per dropback. So uh, at that kind of usage, uh, you got to target him uh, in some tournaments. And the Jaguars are 24th in DVOA against tight ends, so they haven't been uh, good at defending the position. And one more guy I'll mention, kind of a a way off the wall play, but uh, you mentioned kind of pivoting on Foster Moreau. And one way to do it is obviously pay up to be a little bit contrarian, but another way to do it is do it at the same price point. And... Brevin Jordan is still minimum priced and he's taken over that starting tight end job for the Houston Texans. And then you're going against this, a Colts defense that is 27 in DVOA against tight ends. And they are allowing the most schedule adjusted targets to tight ends by almost a full target. Uh, they're at 9.6. The second place team is 8.9 Seattle. So uh, they're trying to play Jordan more and more. He was a, a, a draft pick for them this year, and they're making Jordan Akins, who is their starting tight end for most of the year, a healthy scratch just to get Jordan uh, involved in the game plan. So in a game like this against the Colts, where Jonathan Taylor might score 10 touchdowns and, and the Colts might score 100 points because of it, uh, I think Houston might have to throw a little more than they have had to in these last couple of weeks when they've been in um, some some closer games or or even positive game scripts. So. Uh, like Brevin Jordan as a pivot or Foster Moreau. Love the Brevin Jordan call. He was my tight end 25 last week because I've been watching. I mean, yeah. he's he's pretty legit. And like you said, they once they made uh, Aikens inactive, it's clear they're in kind of like evaluation mode. Uh, and he's looked really good. So love that call. He's inside my top 25 this week. And obviously, I love the Dallas Goddard call. And I'm curious, like, I, I think if Gardner Minshew starts, it's going to bump up. Dallas yeah. got it for me, be, just be based on the passing yards projection alone, because, yeah, they'll still be run heavy. But I mean, Jalen Hurts has only cracked 200 yards once in the past eight games. Um, so I think I'll be projecting Gardner Minshew for something like 210, 215 passing yards. Um, so I, you know, I think those he's going to target Dallas Goddard pretty heavily. So I think that will actually help Goddard uh, if Minshew starts this week. Yeah. And Goddard's, uh, you know, he had that one game with injury, but outside of that, his routes run since Ertz was traded 88%, 84%, 83%, 90% and 89%. So yeah, um, he's just running a ton of routes. He's not really blocking. They have Jackson and stole for that. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a great play, great value either way at, at 4,500. All right. Uh, what's our prop? Tight end. Uh, let, let's go with Foster, Mer- uh, Foster Moreau's receiving yards. The line I have set is uh, 38 and a half receiving yards. You over or under that? Uh, I go over. I have him at 41. So, yeah, I'm about three, three right and a half there. catches for 41 yards uh, in this one. So, uh, like him, he's my tight end nine right now. So, yep. he, uh, it's hard to kind of go against him because <laughs> you have to pencil him in for uh, almost like essentially the Darren Waller workload there. So, yep. I have him projected for about 88%. Uh, of the routes running, then Daniel Helm for, for the other twenty <laughs> yeah. percent, or Matt Bushman, whoever they they use. Yeah, well, Helm has been on the roster yeah. now because I think he plays special teams. But yeah, they'll call up Bushman probably. Yeah. But uh, either way, Moreau's I'm going to be projecting him for yeah around forty yards, about eighty percent, eighty to eighty five percent, or uh, of the routes at the lowest point. So yeah, and he's he's available in ninety nine percent of Yahoo leagues. It's so rare these days that you'll have a top 10 tight end available in so many leagues. It's kind of a unique case, but yeah, Moreau, like you said, he feels basically replaces the Darren Waller role. He just doesn't see as many targets, uh, yeah. but the, the underlying usage is there. So he has potential 
uh, for, you know, top five upside uh, this week. Ironic that they're facing Washington, which we had an exactly similar situation where you had Logan Thomas who runs like 90% of the route. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he went down, it was Ricky sales Jones who did the same thing. And then when he went down, it was John Bates who did the same thing. So um, yeah, similar situation. Yep, yep. Next up here on the fantasy flex is a segment we call elite entries where Sean and I dive into the prize picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, Start us off with your first prize pick elite entry for week number 13. So I like the uh, James Robinson over 52 and a half rushing yards against the Rams. Yes, the Jags are huge underdogs, but what's new? That's typical for them. And James Robinson still produces week in and week out. So uh, I think this is a bit low. He should still see 12 to 14 carries here. Uh, the Rams are the type of defense where they invite the run. So I'm sure uh, Urban Meyer and the Jags will, will take the bait and Robinson will go over this. I'm I'm projecting him closer to 62 and a half rushing yards here. So I think this is 10 yards too low. So give me the over 52 and a half rushing yards uh, for James Robinson. Yep, I have Robinson around 60 myself. Uh, for my first prize pick, we entry for week 13. I'm going with Stefan Diggs, under 74 and a half receiving yards. He's been under this in six of 11 games, so more than half the time. New England is number three in both schedule adjusted receiving yards per game allowed to number one receivers and DVOA to number one receivers. So they've been limiting the volume, they've been limiting the efficiency. Uh, and Stefan Diggs is running around only about 85% of the Bills dropback. So they've been kind of taking him off the field a little bit and giving him some breathers uh, for Emmanuel Sanders or Gabe Davis, guys like that. So uh, I have Diggs closer to 65 yards. So I'm showing about 10 yards of value here. It's just a really tough matchup on Monday night uh, against that Belichick defense. Sean, what do you like for your second prize pick lead entry for week 13? Uh, I like Kenny Galladay to go under 50 and a half receiving yards against the Dolphins. Um, I think there's slight value here, even if Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony missed their second straight game. Uh, it, last week, you know, Galladay only put up 50 receiving yards with both out. He struggled to get on the same page with Daniel Jones. Um, so I think if if either, you know, Sterling Shepard and or Kadarius Tony suit up this week, my projection for Galladay is going to be even lower. And plus, the Dolphins aren't a really good matchup for him on the outside. You know, he'll see a lot of Byron Jones. Xavier Howard, um, you know, the plus matchup is typically in the slot. So I uh, love locking this in earlier in the week at 15 and a half, um, assuming this will go down uh, once we get word on Shepard and or Tony uh, possibly suiting up this week. Yeah, I have Gaudi in the high 40s. Uh, Miami, you know, they have some good cornerbacks on the outside. And the defense is playing uh, really well for my Second prize pick elite entry for week 13. I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo under 230 and a half passing yards. Uh, he's been under this in six of 10 games. I have him closer to 220. Remember, there's no Debo Samuel who is averaging 91 and a half receiving yards per game and close to 11 yards per target. So the efficiency, I think, for Jimmy G is going to go down a bit. And they've got Elijah Mitchell healthy. Uh, even their number two back now, Jeff Wilson, is healthy. So they have a lot of options to just run the ball. And that's what they've been doing. And that's what's turned their season around. So I do not expect a pass-heavy game plan here uh, from the 49ers against the Seahawks team that can't seem to do anything offensively. So I don't think you're going to get a, a shootout type of game script here. So Jimmy Garoppolo under 230 and a half passing yards. And those are our prize pick elite entries for today. 
As a recap, Sean's going with James Robinson over 52 and a half rushing yards and Kenny Galladay under 50 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going with Stefan Diggs under 74 and a half receiving yards and Jimmy Garoppolo under 230 and a half passing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets move. So you want to get on the entries fast in order to lock in the best lines. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Okay, now back to the show. All right, let's uh, let's get into our lineup building segment where we like to build a tournament lineup for FanDuel and one for DraftKings. Uh, we'll start with DraftKings. John, uh, I believe I went first last week, so you can start us off. All right, well, it sounds like you're all in on Tom Brady this week. I'm always all in on Tom Brady, so let's go with Tom Brady at quarterback and let's let's figure out some stacking options, but let's, let's just start it off with the GOAT. Love it. Uh, Okay, well, I mean, we got to go Mike Evans here then. 6,700, um, you know, this guy scores a touchdown, seems like every week. Like the one against <laughs> the Giants last week was was nuts, but he's coming off a bad game. And, you know, so anytime Mike Evans is coming off a bad game, I mean, you just got like last time. So here, let's, he, so Mike Evans had four uh, fantasy points, 4.6 fantasy points on DraftKings, right? Last game. I see where this is going. In week six. <laughs> in week six. Yeah. He had 4.7. So just a tenth of a point more. The next week, he had 31.6. He had three scores uh, the next week after that. Uh, the other time, he had week, week, week one. Week one to week two. Yeah. Yep. 5.4 <laughs> in week one, 24.5 in week two uh, with two touchdowns. So every time he scores single digit fantasy points, uh, he get he averages two and a half touchdowns the week after. So <laughs> hey, usually, I think it's an accurate projection. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and usually we get an Arians quote saying we need to get the ball to Mike Evans more. Yeah, uh, it's it's still Tuesday, so we have a couple of days for that. But I'm assuming we'll get that too. But yeah, it's like clockwork. Anytime Mike Evans has a bad game, just load up on him uh, the very next game. So love the stack we have going. We probably have to spend down at some point. Um. So I guess I'll go with a cheaper guy here. Um, I'm going to just jam him in here because I love him that much. Uh, Josh Reynolds at 3,400. Still think he's going to be overlooked, even though he uh, went off on Thanksgiving, but got to go with him here. All right. Well, then let's get in some, uh, let's get in some Van Jefferson. Round out that receiving core. Uh, 5,300. So uh, we still kind of, we're not too expensive here at receiver with Evans at 67, Jefferson at 53. And Reynolds at 34. We still have an average of 54.80 remaining for two running backs, a tight end, a flex, and a D. So if, if I knew for sure McKissick would be out, I would go with Gibson here. But I'm going to go with uh, James Conner at 5,900. I think either way, James Conner is just a smash spot here. So let's jam him in there at 5,900. All right. Uh, and then I'm going to go with a, a, a guy right above him in price that, uh, you know, I think with. Debo out. Everyone's going to think about Kittle, Ayuk. Let's go Elijah Mitchell against uh, a Seattle defense that's given up the most DraftKings points to running backs uh, per game in the week. So Elijah Mitchell at 6K. Love it. Uh, I'll do the honors of picking a defense here. I think you you did that last week, so it's my turn. 
Um, I like the Dolphins at 3,300, but they might be pretty chalky. Um, Bengals, Raiders look good at their price. Yeah, uh, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, I think, and yeah, none of those, we don't have any of those yeah. offenses, so any of them make sense. Uh, Dolphins is the best play. I'm just worried they might be uh, highly rostered, but I'm, I'm going to just jam them in here, 3,300. I don't think you need, uh, like, in defense, I don't think you have to worry about ownership as much as just kind of, you know, the top scoring yeah. Got yeah. defenses of the week. Like, it, it's going to be so hard to hit the right defense and the winning lineup that if you just get a, a decent one in yep. there. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll go tight end and let you do the flex. So we have 6,100 average for tight end and flex. So we have some flexibility here at tight end. So uh, it's we're, we got Tom Brady. So we need him to throw four or five touchdowns. Yes. Let's just double stack him with Gronk. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> 5,300. So you have, you have 69, a nice 6,900 left over here. Nice. For the flex. <laughs> so let's see. We got. For wide receiver, guys like, ooh, Deontay. Do I need mm-hmm. to even look any further than Deontay Johnson at 6,800? Unless no, you want to go not. with Godwin at the triple stack. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I think we have enough. Yeah. We have all the touchdown scoring in that game. And hopefully Fournette uh, you know, spares us a couple touchdowns here. Right. Uh, but Deontay Johnson at 6,800. Just can't pass that up. Love it. Yeah, he's been so, so consistent. Mentioned yeah. it last week, but... On DraftKings, look up and down his game logs. Just go in there and scroll. You will not find a single-digit game in terms of his DraftKings points. No, all he's, year. he's too good. And hopefully this week, you know, Chase Claypool, they get to play music. Uh, he'll be even better this week, right? You heard about that? They're, no, uh, I know. Well, just the Steelers are a disaster. Chase Claypool thought the solution was to play music at practice, and Tomlin is letting him do it. So he's letting the receivers jam out oh, no. while they practice. So Deontay <laughs> Johnson... To the moon, right? That, that'll fix everything. When Tomlin has lost it, then then it's over. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when when he can't figure out how to motivate this team anymore, then uh, yeah. when, it's, when when Chase Claypool was taking over for Tomlin, that's that's not good. Uh, all right, but no, I love it. I love the lineup here. We got Tom Brady at, at seventy two hundred. Then our running backs are Elijah Mitchell at six K and James Conner at fifty nine hundred. Our wide receivers are Mike Evans at sixty seven hundred. Van Jefferson at 5,300, Josh Reynolds at 3,400, with Deontay Johnson at wideouts uh, in the flex at 6,800. And then we have Gronk at tight end uh, in the double stack with Brady and Evans. He's at 5,300. And then the Miami Dolphins home favorites against the New York Giants at 3,300. And the Dolphins have 17 or more DraftKings points uh, in three of their last four games. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty high upside lineup. Uh, let's just hope no one gets ruled out for COVID or anything like that. But uh, yeah, pretty good lineup. And, and a lineup that actually, uh, it, even though we were making it for a tournament here, it's pretty cash game viable. Like, you know, with Deontay, Mitchell, I mean, all those guys are guys that uh, I would play in cash games pretty much. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe not Reynolds, but. Yeah, not Reynolds. I was going to say not not Reynolds, but either way, he he helps us kind of like spend up elsewhere. Right. Yeah. He's just kind of like, yeah. you'll probably have more row in cash games and, and just be spending yeah. more at wide receiver. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of options this week. So it should be a, an interesting week. Let's start it off on FanDuel. And since we didn't go with him in our DraftKings lineup, let's go with Jamal Williams here at, uh, at 6,500. Um, he's a guy who I think just because there's so many other running back options, uh, people might not be on him. 
as a, you know, uh, an underdog here. But again, this Vikings defense is bottom five in DVOA against the run. And we know the Lions have no chance but to run the ball here. So uh, let's go Jamal at 6,500. I like it. And uh, I didn't use him in the uh, in the DK lineup, but I'm going to force him in here. I'm going to go with another running back, Antonio Gibson at 6,200. Even if McKissick plays, he's probably yeah. a good deal at this price. He's, he's priced the same as um, Devontae Freeman. Uh, just for reference. So uh, Gibson all the way here. He's probably going to be pretty chalky, especially if McKissick is out. But I, I've been waiting for this week uh, for a while now. Gibson without McKissick would be just, you know, top five potential. So let's go with Gibson here. All right. So I'm going to know another guy who I feel like he's never priced as high as he should be. Uh, and maybe it's because Fandle is half PPR. So they're not giving him enough credit, but Keenan Allen at 7,300. Cincinnati has given up the most bandle points per game to opposing wide receivers. So uh, let's go with Keenan Allen here at 7,300. Never going to argue with Keenan Allen. That guy is just too good. Let's go with T. Higgins. I think he's too cheap on Fandle as well. He's 6,600. So I think if you use him on DK, let's go T. Higgins at 6,600. All right. And that gives us a little correlation there. Keenan Allen, T. Higgins. Oh, nice. Yep. All right, so let's go Justin Herbert at quarterback then. Uh, since we got Allen and Higgins here, let's, we're going to stack Love Herbert it. with uh, with Allen and, uh, and and roll from there. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think he bounces back. Big game here. Um, hopefully you can connect with uh, Keenan on a touchdown. That would be yeah. lovely. Um, <laughs> like, we're going to struggle to fill out the rest of the lineup. Yeah, hey, we can always go Jonathan Taylor, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that that would be good. So let's let's go Moreau here, and we just have to spend up. All right, so Moreau at five k. So yeah, let's balance it out with Jonathan Taylor. Let's <laughs> go, yeah, at ten five <laughs> in the flex. So now we have an average of forty eight fifty for a defense and a wide receiver. I guess we should go defense. Mm-hmm. Have a better idea of what receiver. I mean, you could we could go Giants. with the Dolphins again at four k. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's go with the Dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that they're just the best value yeah. on 57, the board. Fifty-seven, yeah, fifty-seven hundred. You have options with that at least. Yeah, I can work with that. Yeah. All right. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with Lavisca Chenault here. Um, nice. You know, he's a guy that they talked about getting him more involved in the run game last week, and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. So I still think there's some upside there. And uh, Marvin Jones, you know, he doesn't really hasn't been their guy against zone coverage, which is mm-hmm. odd. Um and, and the Rams play the second most zone. So yeah, let's go with Chanel at 5,400. So love it. All right. We got Justin Herbert, 8,200, Jamal Williams at 6,500, and Antonio Gibson at 6,200 uh, at running back. Then Keenan Allen, 7,300 at wide receiver, along with T. Higgins at 6,600, and LaVisca Chanel Jr. at 5,400. Then Foster Moreau, uh, the chalk tight end at <laughs> 5K, and Jonathan Taylor at 10. Uh, 10-5 in the flex and Miami at 4K at defense. And I just thought of another interesting uh, like pivot off this lineup. We could probably go with Brevin Jordan like with the stack Ooh. with Jonathan Taylor. And then I think we'd get even more at receiver. So we'll, we'll keep it this way just because we already made it. But that's just another option if you guys at home are, are thinking about some kind of ways to pivot and, and build lineups for this week. Yeah, I like that call. All right. So that is going to do it for our lineup building segment. That is going to do it for 
Fantasy Flex Main Slate Podcast for Week 13, presented by Prize Picks. You can find Sean Kerner on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app, where you can follow all of our bets, including our player prop bets, and track yours for free. You can find our fantasy football rankings and projections at actionnetwork.com. And you can find our DFS content, tools, and models at fantasylabs.com. Until next time, get this money.